Hello, my name is Stevie Kim, and this is the uh, Italian Wine Podcast on the Road series, which means that it will be also a video feature in the Mama Jumbo Shrimp. So this is a special series we've created with Gallo and their luxury brand portfolio. We're here with Bernardino Sandi. Is that did I pronounce? Yes. Oh, Sani. Yes. Okay. Sandi. Sandi or, Sani or whatever. Sani. Sani. Um, so Bernardino is, of course, the big cheese. He's the boss of of Argiano Winery. And right now we are going to do some wine tasting from your winery. Right. Okay. So let's. How many wines? First of all, do you do? You, how many labels do you have? So, as you can see here, the production of Argiano wines is divided into the historical traditional wines, the Sangiovese-based wine, mm -hmm. Rosso di Montalcino, Brunello di Montalcino Classico, Riserva di Brunello di Montalcino, and Brunello Vigna del Suolo. Plus, we do have two super Tuscan wines, okay. non-confunditor, DNC and the Solengo. So, in total, we make six wines, all red wines, all produced from and grapes sourced here in uh, in Argiano Estate, organic certified, and uh, I have here a map for you. Okay. Just to show, we are. Don't here. test me later. And all the maps are all the vineyards are surrounding us. The red is the Sangiovese, so the main. Ah, okay, so it's it's, uh, it's all red. Uh, the main production right. is Sangiovese, yes, of course, being in Montalcino. So, give us a little bit of a backgrounder. When did Argiano Winery um, start? From the very, very beginning. So Just give the, us a very a brief timeline. The, the history is huge. The history is huge. Argiano Estate, like it is now, like as it is now, dates back to the 1580s century. And since there, they were producer of, uh, of grapes and wine. From uh, the late 19th century, Argiano joined Biondi Santi, among a few other wineries of Montalcino, in the production of the Brunello di Montalcino, when he created, actually, the Brunello di Montalcino. In the 60, 1967, Argiano was the founder, one of the founders, 25 founders of uh, Consorzio del Brunello, and uh, uh, has been an important uh, producer of uh, Brunello di Montalcino. As many other wineries, uh, historically, uh, with a lot of history, it went through different owners, different styles, different epochs, uh, gold times, less gold times. Recently, it has been both by the Esteves family, and since there, since 2013, it launched a lot of projects, all based on the conception of uh, being Argiano, one of the most uh, beautiful, important historical sites of Montalcino. We also want to do some of the most uh, terroir-driven, uh, classic, uh, uh, nice expression of Montalcino wines. So for the kind of the wine geeks out there, give us a little bit about the, the various microclimates in terms of altitude, exposition, and the type of soil. So we are in the southwest side of the hill of Montalcino, mm -hmm. around 300 meters above the sea level, facing directly the Mediterranean Sea. We do have two kinds of soils, a lower side of the estate where we have soils that are very rich in clays. Then we have a northern area that is also a little bit higher. It goes from 300 to 325 meters above the sea level. And is this one... This one is where we have the best Sangiovese for Brunello di Montalcino. Why? Because the soil here is a mixture of clays and limestones. The clays are important because they give the power to the wine, but the limestones is what gives uh, 
the, the vertical taste, the soury feeling in the mouth, the longevity in the wine. Why there's a lot of limestones here? Because uh, 20 million years ago, the ocean was covering all these lands. When it retired, it left a lot of shells. And now, two meters uh, behind us, there's still a lot of those shells, uh, fossilly, that gives uh, a, a lot of uh, limestones to the, to the soil. If you want to go very... Kiki, Kiki. <laughs> we did a micromap project with Pedro Parra in mm-hmm. 2015. We micromapped Pedro all the Parra is, um, a Spaniard. Is a yeah, Chilean terroir expert. Is a geologist. He he he's basically from Chile. he's from Chile. He's uh, uh, obsessed with soils. He digs. Two meters digs, he analyzed the soil's composition, he analyzed the electroconductivity of the soils, he differentiated all the different soils, and based on that, the clones that you have there, the exposition of the vineyards, all together, it makes a micro map, a map that tells you about what are the very best of the best specific. Uh, lands and vineyards that you have in your estate. Uh, this is the same map I showed you before with the different kind of soils. If we take this and we make it bigger, we go here in this part, we have the six best micro terroirs, micro uh, parcels of vineyards of Sangiovese where we do Brunello di Montalcino. With this one, we do the Vigna del Suolo that you will taste later. Okay. That is a single vineyard. The other goes in the final blend of Brunello. Okay, so we're going to be tasting six wines. Where do we start? We start from the Rosso di Montalcino 2019. Okay. Let me see if it's okay. It's bad. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> My fault. And... Uh, so Rosso 19 comes from vineyards of Sangiovese between 15 and 25 years old. We tend to use the vineyard that we have in front, right here in front of the estate, that is the Oliviera vineyard, as it gives usually the most fresh, fruity expression of Sangiovese. In the Rosso di Montalcino, what is the idea? We like to make a Rosso that is a very traditional, classic Sangiovese, so not a little Brunello, completely different different wine, fresh, fruity, gastronomic, uh, with uh, its own characteristic, uh, not meant to be super complex, uh, but very nice, uh, fresh, red fruit, uh, cherry, almost, nose uh, from the Sangiovese, and uh, a nice acidity, nice freshness, nice uh, saltness in the mouth, mm-hmm. that makes it very gastronomic, especially with our local food, so antipasti, paste, cheeses, uh, all that, it goes very well. It's what we used to drink uh, in the past uh, in regular basis, and now people drink less, but we still want people to enjoy uh, more than a glass, uh, just a glass of wine. And so, so this, is, this is the uh, 19, the vintage. When was this released? In um, last year, in 21st, it was released after nine months of um, aging in a big oak barrel, a 5,000 liters oak barrels, and a little mu- some months in the bottle. It's 19... Uh, that was a fantastic vintage. So watch out for uh, when the Brunello will reach the market because 19 uh, had uh, pretty much the same characteristic as the 16. Cool, Which was pretty a very winter, yeah. yes. And uh, long uh, summer time with cool nights, uh, warm days, uh, sun rains here and there to refresh the vines. So you have um, 
complexity, you have color, you have richness, a good quantity in production, and at the same time, it maintains the freshness of the Sangiovese. So can I ask you from, from a consumer perspective, right. how much is this wine, how much is this wine in, in America, for example? So it's um, usually mm. what's happened is that uh, this uh, is extremely popular in Europe, very gastronomic wine, mm -hmm. people here loves it, it goes very well in the restaurants here, so is uh, comparing to the Brunello, the export percentage is less on the Rosso di Montalcino. Anyway, we Because do... the Europeans are smarter. This is such, you know, it's the Rosso di Montalcino, I think it's great value, especially... I... You know, I agree. I, I'm, I'm, for example, my taste. Uh, I, I love uh, Lange Nebbiolo. I love uh, yeah. some Valpolicella. I love Rosso di Montalcino. I like some Etna wines. So I like wines that have freshness, yeah. acidity, very Which gastronomic. Is some people uh, tends to prefer a little bit more full body wines. Yeah, it, more it muscular. Be, yeah, it can be a little bit dry for someone. The Rosso di Montalcino. So do you sell this? I mean, is this oh, available yeah, no, in America? Yeah, absolutely. And how much is a, a bottle of in retail? In Just so that I can understand. In retail, uh, I have... You sold it in wine.com, right? I saw in... Last time I was in New York, uh, in a pizzeria in Brooklyn, you know, they are expensive. It was around $55. But that was in... That was in... In retail know, would be 30 we, Yeah, 30 I yeah, mean... 25 is, to 30 This is such a, you know, great value. Ah, yes. Right? Yes. It is. It's, uh, it's uh, considering... It's made with the grapes uh, that uh, could be used for Brunello. It's made with uh, vineyards that are treated in exactly the same way, aged in the same barrels of Brunello, just a shorter time and just uh, differently to maintain more freshness less uh, and maybe less extraction. Yeah, I mean, a wine like this, $25, $30 retail, great value. Yeah. Especially when you compare it to French wines. Ah, def I mean, yeah, definitely, yes. Okay. I think this is a good point. Is uh, one great thing that still you still find in Italy is that the so-called second wine quality is extremely good yeah. overall. But it's it's a, it's a paradox, right? I mean, in Brunello, Montalcino, you produce more Brunello than Rosso mm -hmm. di Montalcino. Yeah, the the number. It's, you, I don't understand that really. They never wanted to expand the vineyards in Montalcino, so they they started with a very limited close register of vines for Brunello and Rosso, and uh, despite the success that they, those wines had. They never wanted to to group with uh, with volumes, and so it's still uh, limited. The number is two thousand hectares uh, of uh, Brunello di Montalcino vineyards only, and so um, the biggest part of the grape is used for the Brunello still. Okay, now. all right. So let's go to the next wine. And what are we drinking? Brunello di Montalcino sixteen. And so, this was released um, when? This was released in twenty twenty. So this so is last uh, year. Yeah, this was released no, no. two years ago two years after ago. the uh, when the COVID started. Actually. Yeah, so it's it's a great year, great vintage. It's a great right? vintage, and uh, sixteen. Uh, why it's a great vintage? It's uh, it's a perfect kind of a perfect weather for Sangiovese because the winter days were cold, over even chilly in January. Then in the sun, in the springtime, uh, some rains in May, followed by a summertime that was. Uh, a pretty long one, but uh, never too hot and uh, extremely different temperature between nighttime and daytime. Uh, these are lowered to harvest uh, in the end of October here. 
selecting the best parcels, the best uh, vineyards of Sangiovese, uh, fermenting them separately in uh, cement tanks, aging them in uh, oak barrels between uh, 1,000 liters and uh, 5,000 liters, and bottled for one year and a half. So I'm curious, so the new owner came on in 2017. Yeah. Has the winemaking, because this was on the cusp uh, with the new owners, right? Right. Has the winemaking style changed? Has it It changed pretty much as um, um, Argiano in the last uh, 20 years had um, a, a history of winemakers, starting with Giacomo Takis, then was Hans Winding. They all tend to uh, make pretty high in concentration wines and uh, to age the Sangiovese in uh, Barrique. So the wines were rich, pretty powerful. While uh, with um, Esteves coming, uh, we decided to switch to very classic style. So when I say very classic style, meaning uh, not too much concentration, try to be very respectful of the, of the fruit, of the terroir, and uh, an aging in barrel that is a little bit more gentle. So not too much tannins from the oak, mm-hmm. pretty neutral oak aging, and wines that are probably also a little bit more long aging. We took uh, as examples the Argiano wines from the 70s, that if you drink them now, they are still very fresh, very alive. So the acidity is higher, and uh, the way we conduct the vineyards uh, is with uh, a little bit less density and uh, even sometimes some higher yields, mm-hmm. just not to force too much the grapes, to maintain balance, the finesse. Hmm. Okay, what are we tasting next? The Riserva di Brunello, so 2016 Riserva di Brunello, and uh, this is just released, just been released. So you released it just now, because yeah. it's longer aging, right? Longer aging, one year more in the bottle, not in the wood. The right. wood aging is pretty much the same. It's coming from uh, specific parcels uh, of, uh, of Sangiovese, that is uh, Vigna, that has a pretty high concentration um, a clone of uh, Sangiovese. And, But uh, are they not coming from the same parcel? This one specifically the... is almost uh, one parcel. That is uh, okay. this, uh, this one. Okay. Because uh, it has the higher concentration, uh, so we think it's good to, be, to use that for uh, the more long-aging wine that we do, that is the, 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 the Riserva di Brunello. And uh, the... Um, Fermentation is pretty much the same as in the Brunello. The aging uh, process is in uh, smaller casks, slightly smaller casks. We go from uh, 500 liters to no to 1,000 liters cask. Let's talk about a little bit about the tasting notes. Just not crazy right. geeky. But between these two, right, they're very similar. But one was basically aged. It has longer aging requirements, right? Right, right. So in terms of the tasting note, like what, what are the main differences? So in the Brunello di Montalcino, I feel it uh, very classic uh, nose, a little fruit, a cherry nose from the Sangiovese, and then uh, some spices, not too much leather, not too much uh, oak behind, uh, very fresh uh, mouth. The Riserva di Brunello, comparing to the, to the Brunello, does have already some more... A spicy leather notes, a little bit more complexity in the nose, uh, some more oak in the background, uh, and the mouth is a little bit more rich, more large. 
The Rosso di Montalcino is very fruity, very extremely fruity, nice, vibrant, uh, fresh. And what about food pairing? What, how would you pair these three wines? So they, they, the good point to me in this kind of wine of Argiano is that they are not the kind of Brunello or Barolo where that are very rich, very concentration, high in concentration, and where you need the meat uh, for, for sure or uh, big aged cheese or something like that. Here, you can play a lot. Rosso di Montalcino, especially when it's a little bit chilled, you can eat it, we drink it uh, even with uh, some kind of fish, like uh, the cod fish uh, or bacala livornese, ah, or the cod fish. And, uh, and, uh, but bacala with tomato, tomato sauce? Tomato, garlic okay. sauce. And uh, chicken uh, goes perfectly, and uh, roasted pork goes perfectly. Uh, pasta dishes is very Listen, good. Listen, you, you were telling me that you worked also in America, Yeah, right. right. So what kind of American, like international food rather would other than the Italian classic food pairing because you know not everyone eats Italian food every day. No, that's right? what I was so to, so yeah. what kind of food for I don't know, tacos for um, sure. We we did a tasting uh, at the um, in New York uh, two years ago and uh, I don't know if I can make names, but uh, we paired uh, Brunello with uh, Shake Shack uh, burgers. Ah, the burgers. So mm-hmm. It's a, uh, it's it it is when it, when a wine is elegant, uh, have acidity, have salty mouth, it goes very well with uh, pretty much every kind of food. I would avoid Japanese food. I mean, so especially sushi. sushi. But for the rest, I can go from pizza. The rosso with pizza think, is I amazing. Mean, maybe the, the rosso. You the, can go with some sushi. Maybe the rosso, yeah. yes. Not. The Brunello. The Brunello and the yeah. Reserva, no. A Mexican food goes super good. With what this. about like um, Asian cuisine? Asian cuisine, very well, except for the very spicy or sweet uh, one. When it's sometimes in, in China, for example, you have, depending on the region, because you know China, mm-hmm. it's like Italy. Mm-hmm. You go region by region, the food no changes completely. Hot pot uh, can cover this. Uh, <laughs> it the, can kill each other. The, 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 what I love with the Rosso is the fried chicken, for example. Mm. And uh, my, they, they... Everything is good with fried chicken. I'm exactly. sorry. Yeah, <laughs> especially Korean fried chicken. But uh, the, another thing that I love is uh, rice in general, especially South American rice. So my wife is from Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. They make rice with beans, uh, and pork and that with the Brunello goes uh, especially well and uh, tacos absolutely absolutely good and of course with the Reserva you can already go for the classic also also steak cows and uh, uh, steak and cheese sandwiches uh, all that but even the Reserva can can be drunk with different kind of food. okay fantastic so I, I I'm afraid to ask you but there is actually another Brunello there is there is so why why did you I'm going to pour out the Rosso so that we can just compare why is there a need for yet another Brunello? So the idea behind the, the Vigna del Suolo was to create something... Which is where we've just been, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Was to create something that uh, really, and in a straight way, speak you about Argiano. So when we thought about what Argiano here is, uh, we thought about history, because this is place is full of history. We thought about elegance, because uh, the symmetry and the beauty of the Renaissance style is uh, the, an elegant 
way of doing things. And uh, we thought about a specific terroir. We have a special soil composition. We are in a different position than other vineyards. What was the wine that could tell you about this? The Vigna del Suolo is uh, the most uh, ancient vineyards that we have. So this so, is your mer, mer, the most prestigious yeah, wine, right? Yeah, it won, uh, was the best wine for Gambero Rosso Guide in this year. So oh, this year. It was the yeah. best red uh, of 2022. Gambero Guide, uh, and uh, it's a very specific parcel. It's made out of uh, a vineyards of uh, 65 years old, specific all clones, yeah. old vines, specific clones of Sangiovese, uh, it tells you about history because it's the oldest vineyard. It's the most elegant uh, expression of Sangiovese, so it tells you about the elegance of uh, Brunello di Varciano and tells you about a specific terroir because uh, Vignale del Suolo has the soil composition that you don't find anywhere else. It's what about the winemaking? So the, the different fer terms of... fermentation is happening in um, uh, cement tanks and uh, the so this is cement tank. Yeah. Not, not the eggs. The, the one that you saw, yeah. uh, they have an X shape almost, yes. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the aging is in barrel X shaped that you saw over uh, there. Okay. So the, the Taranzo. So what about the, uh, the terms of the volume? How many? It's 5,000 bottles. Oh, so it's. Yeah, it's a small parcel. We don't use it uh, completely because we use it uh, still in the blend of Brunello di Montalcino. The vineyard is four hectares. Mm -hmm. What we use for uh, Vignale del Sole is just uh, a selection of grapes and we use the rest in the Brunello di Montalcino. We could do uh, technically 20,000 bottles of Vignale right. del Sole. When did you start? What was 15. 15, 15 was, was the first. Yeah, this is the second vineyard. So you've started it with a great vintage, 1516. So. Indeed, uh, we could have been starting from the 14, but. Um, we wanted to use a big vintage for the for ta for launching the vineyard soil, and we started with the fifteen. And what is the difference in terms of in, in the on the palate? What is the uh... what I feel? Uh, it's a more complexity in the nose, so it goes from, uh, from the fruit to some floral notes, mm -hmm. and uh, there's some uh, spices behind, but not too much. No no leather notes here. Is very straight. Yeah, if there's no um, and. Leather. Uh, and uh, what I love in the, in the mouth is the saltness of the wine. It's very soury. It's almost salty. And this uh, made it another great uh, uh, food pairing wine. The acidity is high. The longevity is great in this wine. The balance and the tannins, there's a lot of tannins, but they're very silky. Very nice, soft feeling in the mouth. But it's, it's a tannic bugger, this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you're making 5,000 bottles, I mean, how does the allocation work? Uh, no, we just give to specific uh, clients so based on the notoriety of the clients, on this. It's almost like a club. Michelin, yes. It's and almost based on, like and, the Napa club, wine club. Right. So right? it goes in some uh, specific Michelin star restaurant and some collector portfolio. So special allocation. Special allocation, yes. But anyway, this is uh, in US, should be above 200 euros mm -hmm. for, for bottle. Uh, this is uh, from 
60 to 100 euros and the roasted Don't worry, sorry. if you get it wrong, you can't get fired because you're the boss. No, it's really not me. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't make the price in the United States. But, uh, and then uh, there should be around 25, 30 euros for the roasted Montalcino. Listen, so no whites? No. Will there be whites in the future? No, it's not uh, a great area for whites. Mm, I know. I don't think we, we can make any special whites. This is why we don't do it. Maybe okay. we could do a Vinsanto or we could do mm-hmm. uh, some nice Moscadello, but uh, sweet wines. So, but white wines, uh, there's no... I don't think the specific terroir is good for mm-hmm. white. Okay. All right. So we have two more wines. I love yes. this wine, by the way. We have two more wines and they're, we can say, super Tuscan? Absolutely, yes. Because it's, it's a Bordelais blend, right? It's a Bordelais wine and you know the history, the Argiano is in Montalcino. Montalcino, it's all about Sangiovese. 90% of producers do Sangiovese. Yeah, of course. Uh, Argiano in the 90s had a consultant winemaker that was Giacomo Takis, mm-hmm. the father of all the super Tuscan wine. He went to war for Antinori, started the production of Tignanello, then he made Solaia, then he worked for Sassicaia. He came to Argiano and in 95 he started to make the Solengo. Solengo, it's a blend, it's a blend of Cabernet Sauvignon, 50% with Merlot, Petit Verdot and Sangiovese. Mm-hmm. More or less is uh, 20% Merlot, 25% of Petit Verdot, so it's a big, powerful wine, and 5% of Sangiovese. Some years later, after the Solengo creation, they started to make uh, the non-confunditor, the NC, that uh, followed the Solengo. It's like the Rosso for the Brunello. It's uh, a Solengo we in the, similar to Solengo in terms of blend because it's Cabernet, Merlot and Sangiovese, mm-hmm. but uh, much more fresh, fruity, lighter aging, uh, less full body, less complexity. Very nice uh, food pairing wine also here. Which one are we drinking first? We're drinking first the NC 2019. So this is Merlot Cab and uh, Sangiovese. Yeah. What, what are in the percentage of the blend? Cabernet is uh, 50%. Uh, a Merlot is around uh, 30% and 20% is Sangiovese. 20% on this yeah. one. It's very fresh, very fruity, eh? actually. Yeah. Yeah, very fruity, yeah. red fruit, a lot of red fruit. And, and this is a vintage? 19. 19. Yeah. How is the 19 vintage? Mm, extremely good. Uh, for both Sangiovese and Cabernet and Merlot, for, for all of them, was extremely good. Extremely rich vintage, but not too warm. Uh, we had um, a difference of times uh, between night and days. Uh, we had uh, complexity, good production, so it was extremely good vintage. Incredibly fruity. This is very good price for value. Mm-hmm. This is goes um, sometimes you can find even around twenty dollars in the shelves. Yeah. It's so. very good value then. And how ma- how many bottles do you produce of this? We are around 10,000 cases of this, 120,000 bottles. So I've noticed that you don't have the family stem here, right, on these yeah. two, be- because these are the, the blends? Yeah, exactly. So the, the idea is that um, Argiano and, and the history we is all, uh, They all have the family stem, right? Those are two brands that are almost uh, separate from the, from the history of Argiano, and we want to maintain this. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's taste... Solengo. Yep, 
Also here is the 19. This is this is really just uh, released now. So oh, you just released just it. now. And the blend here is Cabernet 50 percent, 30 percent Merlot, and uh, around. Uh, 15% of uh, Petit Verdot and 5% of Sangiovese. So basically the, the main difference is the Petit, Petit Verdot, Verdot and yes. very and you small know, percentage of Sangiovese. Petit Verdot is high in concentration and uh, makes this wine extremely powerful. Uh, Solengo, you, you know the name Solengo, is the name uh, the local hunters here call the wild boar. So the oh. wild boar when he's alone is called Solengo. The male wild boar when he's alone is the big uh, boy. And um, the reason is that uh, this wine is powerful and is pretty much unique in the area. And, uh, and uh, indeed, uh, it's a full-body, complex, long, extremely long-aging uh, Bordeaux-style wine. Uh, vintage 19 was, uh, again, very good, as it was for the NC. Much more tannic and more green. Yeah. yeah, much more um, green tata. Yeah, the, this is the Petit Verdot. That mm. yeah. gives this peppery, yeah. uh, spicy. Yeah, just spicy. with a small blend change. The two different wines, completely. yeah, completely different yeah, wines. Yeah, you're right because the the grapes pretty much are come They're from similar, the same area. Except we, you have fifty yeah, percent of yeah. Petiverda. And some old uh, Sangiovese, so older Sangiovese means uh, 2016 uh, Sangiovese in the blend to give some um, more acidity, more push. So listen, I so this uh, series, you're you're kicking off the series with Gallo and their luxury. Portfolio. Right. So there's something new. This is the first episode of a series that we're launching because there's going to be some breaking news. Right. What is right. the breaking news? I cannot tell you, but uh, <laughs> there is. <laughs> there, there will be a rebranding. Everybody is uh, super excited. Right. Uh, and uh, they are, uh, a, you know, you know, Gallo family. They take care of every detail. They study the the perfect way to to transmit. They are passionate about uh, family of wines, about uh, wines terroir, about uh, wine quality. And uh, so they are launching this uh, new amazing project. I know it, but I cannot tell yes, you. Yes, secret. Okay. But on the, for the uh, viewers out there and our audience, on the 16th of March, they will be making this announcement. So stay tuned and uh, follow us and subscribe so you can get that news um, directly from, from us. When did Argiano become part of the uh, Gallo portfolio? Good question. In, in was, terms of distribution and it was uh, 2017. So 2017. Fairly, so with the new owner, practically. right, 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 right. Yeah, I took the decision. I loved the project, the Lux project, the portfolio of wine. Mm -hmm. uh, they have uh, the amazing Barolo from Ratti, Marilisa Amarone, and uh, Piero Panzoave. Yerman, they, have, they put together an amazing portfolio. It looked like a very a special way of being in United States market. So I we joined them and uh, we have been working closer for the past uh, now. It's uh, a, almost uh, five years. So we are very happy of this. So we spoke a little bit about the, the Arjano history. Can you tell us a little bit more about the family STEM? Right. Because we, we we saw it also on the on the it's in the cellar yeah in, in the, the cellar yeah, right so first of all uh, why this 
because uh, Argiano has been going through different owners. The one who started was uh, the Pecci family, different from this, then uh, Cinzano family, then now Esteves family. So different owners. Why this family crossed from the Gaetani Lovatelli family? Because this family was the one who was very important for Argiano development since they were the owners of Argiano at the times the Brunello started. So they started the production of Brunello, uh, joining Biondi Santi in this, and they started to use this label so from, the became, very beginning. from the very beginning. So it became pretty much an iconic label for Brunello. And family members, the Gaetani, that is the wave here, Papa Gaetani was mentioned by Dante Alighieri in the Divina Commedia. Bonifacio VIII was the name by Pope, mm-hmm. as, as Pope. And um, uh, Lovatelli, that is the, the, the bird here, the white bird. D'Aragona. It's a dove, It's right? a dove, yes. Yeah. And the D'Aragona, the eagle of the Aragona. Eagle. They were counts, and so they have the crown. So what I'm going to ask you now is kind of sum up you know, our genre. Right. For especially for the people who are maybe less familiar or they've never heard of you. Right. What are kind of the five things that you want them to know? Like five must know about Argiano winery and Argiano wines. So Ar- number one. Number one is, uh, a, I'm, I repeat myself, but it's a history. There's not so much history in Montalcino as it is in Argiano. Similar, uh, yeah. It is 500 years of uh, winemaking, but most, more than that, uh, uh, the, the, the castle is really existing since the Middle Ages and then uh, uh, transformed into this in the Renaissance time and then went through so much history that history is a big thing. Sometimes when you the, change hands in terms of ownership, sometimes there's a period when it is not as, there's not a smooth transition or there's a little bit of lost in translation, if you will, right? So, right. so mm-hmm. number one, it's, it's it has a very long history, right. Arjano, yes. and maybe people are unaware. Number two? Number two is what I love of Montalcino in general, but uh, is the fact that uh, if you come to Arjano and you look around six, 360 degrees, you don't see anything new. It's uh, The nature here is still untouched. The beauty of the nature is something unique. It was very isolated place uh, and has remained untouched by human hand for so long that is still you you breathe the same air that you could have been breathing 500 years ago okay and number three number three the wines because we went through so many new projects in the past eight years that we are all dedicated to quality starting from the vineyards and going on with the cellar with the restoration of the cellar it's all lead by the fact of producing amazing uh, terroir-driven wines. So if you want to feel some, some taste, some wines that tells you about terroir, tells you about the history, tells you about what we are, you should come here and taste the new, especially the recent vintages of, uh, of Arjano. And then? Then uh, we do have, uh, we are pretty proud of uh, our sustainability projects. We have been the first... Yeah, so uh, tell us a little bit about the... Because are you completely organic, certified we, we organic? We are certified organic, uh, Beside that, we are the first. Uh, we have been the first plastic-free winery in Montalcino, banning all the mono-usable plastic. Mm-hmm. We have been doing uh, last year carbon neutrality project. That uh, that means that uh, we presented a specific uh, study that studied all our emissions 
and uh, our capacity of absorbing them. And uh, this count uh, was positive for us because uh, we we almost uh, uh, we are able to take uh, back uh, double what we produce in terms of uh, uh, carbonic gas and uh, and the gas responsible for global warming. Okay. And lastly, last thing about uh, Argiano in its the people, because uh, beside uh, every winery, we try to have good people, and uh, beside every wine, but not only, we have a fabulous hospitality team that, uh, especially in the high season, in the good season, so from springtime to fall time, uh, is able to host people in a a very specific uh, way that is uh, Think for every single customer. So you don't do a generic tasting. You tell us what you like. We organize something specifically for you. You stay here. You brief the history. You can visit uh, everywhere. Uh, the cellar, you will be eating uh, good food uh, prepared by our... So there is a restaurant. There is a restaurant Mm -hmm. uh, that uses only local ingredients, uh, only food from Tuscany, and uh, you match pear and great food. It's it's a nice uh, 360-degree experience in Arjana. Listen, I would like for you to tell us a little bit about the the hospitality here in terms of... You have also rooms, yeah, Yeah, right? We do. do How many rooms do you have. We have uh, 11 rooms in total. So it's a boutique uh, wine resort and uh, it's three apartments uh, only that have been uh, restored uh, using uh, uh, the same materials of the villa. So during mm-hmm. the renovation of the villa we used uh, what was the wood like here for making the, the old woods to make the tables uh, to make the furnitures uh, and the agriturismo is just in front uh, of the winery of the villa estate has a nice uh, pool uh, and relax area has uh, the restaurant uh, has the possibility to do bikes tour uh, horse riding uh, and of course uh, to brief is made for people who wants to not only to visit a special and beautiful place but to learn something about wine so it's very related for mm-hmm. to, to to the wine production wine tasting and wine exploring um, I had the pleasure of staying in one of your rooms right. last night absolutely beautiful and absolutely I think you know, it, it is very worthwhile to come and stay here, especially if you want to get away from, you know, the rat race, the rest of the world, because there's nothing around. It's very quiet. So I guess that that is it. We can wrap it up. One last thing is the cellar where we are, because, of course, we had a short tour before. What was the philosophy? Who was the architect behind the, the, the planning um, of the cellar? So it's it's a it's a great question, and I love to ask. We started why we started the renovation of the cellar. We started because uh, it was not possible anymore to age wine in bad condition like it was. So we we asked the, to Filippo Scheggi, local young architect from mm-hmm. Siena, who have been working in the Vatican, so he's expert about restoration, mm-hmm. to restore the place, making it. Uh, completely great to age the wine, to store the bottles, but at the same time respecting completely what was the history, what was the soul of the place. So basically he started this huge restoration of the cellar, just uh, cleaning everything, cleaning the walls, but leaving uh, like it was, leaving it like it was, trying to bring it back to the gold ages 
And the only amazing thing that he did is uh, transforming. And that was very creative, I have to say. He's transforming the old well that is over there and was containing water, transforming it into a vertical cellar dedicated to the history of Brunello. So he put some circular stairs and that goes from top to, to down. And uh, it's like you enter really in the in the history you enter in the and you feel this and you feel the importance of the Brunello producers it's not only Arciano right? there are all the most important producers of Brunello di Montalcino who made the history of this terroir show it there in the cellar and uh, we are we are proud of that yeah and by the way uh, one of the it's well, it's not the cellar not just Arciano uh, there is some serious private collection of uh, French wines, and one area specifically of Ikem, amazing. It is called the Golden Collection. Yes. Golden Collection. I've never seen anything like it in terms of the private collection. So, um, Bernardino, thank you so much for hosting. Thank you. And I have my Argiano. Cheers. Cheers. And chin chin with chin chin. Italian wine people. And don't forget to tune in for the next episodes that will be on Italian wine podcast. It will go live. It will be replayed after the Clubhouse editions. And there will be, of course, Francaia, uh, Piero Pan, Allegrini, Ratti. Who else? Tornatore. A Tornatore, new entry. You know, I love that family. The Mrs. Tornatore makes a mean, mean vegetable dish, which I had the pleasure of eating. Oh, nice. Yeah. What is it, the vegetable, all the vegetable dish called? Ca uh, caponata. No? Yeah, caponata. caponata. I think best caponata ever. So tune in. I don't think she'll be on because I don't think she speaks English, but tune in and follow us. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button below. Mama Jumbo Shrimp. Ciao, ragazzi. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. Okay, cheers. Cheers.